We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, February the 8th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today, on February 8th, 1587, Mary, Queen of Scots, was beheaded after she was implicated in a plot to murder her cousin, Queen Elizabeth I. Today, in 1693, a charter was granted for the College of William and Mary in Williamsburg in the Virginia Colony. Today, in 1910, the Boy Scouts of America was incorporated. They had a sad ending, didn't they? They're still gasping for air, but they're all but out. Today, in 1922, President Warren G. Harding had a radio installed in the White House. Today, in 1952, Queen Elizabeth II proclaimed her ascension to the British throne following the death of her father, King George VI. Today, in 1971, NASDAQ, the world's first electronic stock exchange, held its first trading day. Today, in 1973, Senate leaders named seven members of a select committee to investigate the Watergate scandal. And today, in 2020, the U.S. Embassy in Beijing said a 60-year-old U.S. citizen who had been diagnosed with the coronavirus had died on February 5th in Wuhan. That was apparently the first American fatality from this virus. Many have followed, as we know. But has it been handled properly? The world is now asking that question. And they're responding with a resounding no. It has not. I'll come back to that in a moment. Ten years ago today, on this very day, Washington state lawmakers in Olympia, they voted to approve same-sex marriage. Alert to lawmakers, you do not have the authority to approve same-sex marriage in the eyes of God. God created marriage as the fundamental cornerstone of humanity and its sustainability. You do not have that authority. You think you do, but you don't. You can call it marriage. It is not marriage. Government did not create the institution of marriage. God created the institution of marriage. So 10 years ago today, those who sitting in Olympia who thought they were approving same-sex marriage and legalizing it, We're simply going through the motions as fools. That's what the Bible says. Marriage is only between a man and a woman, a male and a female. It is for the purpose of sustaining the human race. It is God's purpose. It is God's way. Anything other than that is not marriage. It will never be marriage. We can call it that. 
but it will never become marriage. As long as God gives me breath, I will say that because it is the fundamental building block upon which God created mankind and the way that God wants us to sustain ourselves as mankind, humankind, if you will. Hordes of vehicles, some are saying thousands, are blocking the streets in New Zealand's parliament, around New Zealand's parliament this morning. They're protesting. Same thing is happening in Canada. Others are building around the world demanding uh, an end to this coronavirus restrictions and vaccine mandates, but it's bigger than that, and I've been saying that all along. We're finding that to be true now. We're finding that people are saying it isn't just about the shot or the jab or the poke. It's about much more than that. Vehicles have surged into the capital of Wellington. Authorities are reluctant to remove them because they say they're afraid for their safety. The rulers of New Zealand. New Zealand's leftist Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, she has declined to meet with the convoy. She said, "My I'm quoting her, she said this morning, my schedule is too busy today to meet with my opponents. <laughs> and they are they have taken over the city. Vehicles in the convoy include cars, trucks, motorbikes, and some of the people are just walking, carrying signs. One of them is carrying a sign saying, Jab Cinda, we know you sold your soul to the devil. And another one says, support the mandate, hashtag freedom. And one sign that I particularly noticed in some video I was looking at earlier this morning says political language is designed to make lies sound truthful. That one needs to be framed and hanged on the wall wherever, you know, people are. That's so true. Yep, words words can be used for devious purposes. No question about that. Daryl is a Canadian military veteran. He told the press this morning, he said, I did not serve this country to be mistreated by a prime minister fleeing his own people. And that's exactly what's happening in Canada. That's why these people that are there on the ground in Ottawa are really digging in. The world press now is turning on them and they're attacking them. He said, I didn't serve this country, Daryl. He said, I didn't serve this country to be bullied by a prime minister that ran away like a chicken. Daryl is a retired corporal from the Canadian Army. He served in Afghanistan. He said that while supporting this freedom convoy demonstration, he said, I don't have a truck, but he said, I'm here supporting the truckers and what they're standing for. He's holding a Canadian flag. He's wearing a military uniform. He warned of Canada's global reputation being undermined by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. He's arrived, He's avoiding, he said he's avoiding thousands of Canadians gathering on and around Parliament Hill. He said, why won't he meet with us? <laughs> the ongoing protest is kind of a coalescence of Canadians opposed to varying government decrees. It isn't just about the masks and the shots. It is that for sure, but it's much more than that. Daryl said, and I'm quoting him, he said, who runs away from their people? It's insane. If I was in the army right now, I'd be contemplating leaving just because our leadership, our military, our country 
will have no credibility because of him. None whatsoever. And that's sad because Canada is known across the world for the credibility of their military and their people. What he's reacting to is that Trudeau left the Prime Minister's office residence last week when these truckers showed up. He told the press and he told people, he said, I'm going to go basically into hiding. He said, I'm going to go away to an undisclosed location because of this Freedom Convoy's arrival in the nation's capital. He said, he said, he said that he, he could not disclose his itinerary, which indicates to Daryl and others that he's running away as a coward. It's interesting. There's quite a bit to say about such things in the Bible. I mean, really, there is. In chapter 29 of Proverbs, the Bible begins with, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck, but suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Verse 2 is one that we've heard often before. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. Back in chapter 28, just before that, Chapter 28 of Proverbs begins, The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. In the NIV, which I don't read a lot, I have, of course, a version of that. I have the ver most of the versions of the Bible in my library. But the NIV says in Proverbs 28, 28, When the wicked rise to power, people go into hiding. But when the wicked perish, the righteous thrive. I, those are not my words. Those are God's words. But that's kind of defines where we are today in this world and what's going on. It's interesting. It's concerning, especially if a person does not know God. It is could be overwhelming, and it is. There's a lot of issues that people are dealing with today because of fear and anxiety and uh, suicides are up. People are overwhelmed with what's going on in our world, and it's very difficult to deal with it, and I understand that. But we've got to keep coming back to the fact that God is in control, and God loves us, and God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. So we must keep that in focus. God wants to save the world while we are self-destructing. But the righteous understand that. No, we're not righteous in and of ourselves. I'm certainly not. I would suspect you aren't either. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. When the Bible talks about the righteous, they're talking about people who have been forgiven and restored and redeemed by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, whom God sent, his only begotten Son, to save us from our sins. Because clearly we can't save ourselves. And we could never pay the price for our sins. But Jesus did. That's what Christianity is. That's what the message is. So we're finding this, how this plays out in the culture. There are those that are somewhat <laughs> at peace in all of this chaos because they know in whom they have believed and they're persuaded that he is able to keep that which they've committed unto him against that day. We have that sense of hope, that sense of security in the Lord. I would encourage you, if you haven't 
if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, maybe you've gone to church your whole life. I mean, and you're faithful and, and you go to the mission and you do all the things you do. And that's great. But the message of the gospel cuts. I mean, certainly God instructs us to do those things. But the message of the gospel, the spear, the, the, the point of the spear cuts through all of those works and says that all of those works, as good as they are and necessary as they are, is not the path to eternal life. It's the actions that those who have eternal life through Jesus Christ should be doing. So if you maybe you've sat in the pew your whole life, but you've never had a moment where you accepted Christ as your Savior, this could be that moment. You simply, the Bible says you, you, you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is indeed the Son of God. You ask him to forgive you of your sins and become your personal Savior. And that changes everything. Everything changes and continues to change. We don't withdraw from the world. If anything, we insert ourselves more into the culture because Jesus said we are the salt and the light in a world that is terribly dark and is rotting at the core. So I would encourage you to say that prayer and accept Christ. And if you want to tell me about it, write me a note. Just tell tell me that you prayed that prayer today. I'd like to know about it. I'd like to pray for you. We won't announce it. We're not going to mention your name or anything like that. But I'm just saying I'd like to know about it. And if not, that's fine too. God knows. And that's what's most important. In a uh, press conference this morning, Jen Saki. I am so thankful I'm not married to that woman. Oh, my. Anyway, I digress. Jen Psaki told reporters that some shippers have had to reroute because the Canadian Border Patrol has been in communication throughout this in, to ensure shipments can be cleared into normal routes. I'm not going to go through her whole press conference. I, w- I would not put you through that or, or myself. But she's responding. A reporter with Reuters asked her this morning, if the U.S. government was investigating, I'm quoting this reporter, right, and I couldn't quite get where he was from, but anyway, I mean, he's from Reuters, but I, I, I don't know whether he was based here or somewhere else and was in, sounded like he was from somewhere else, but he was in D.C. Anyway, he was, uh, he asked her if, uh, he said, is there any kind of, uh, you know, I'm quoting him, you know, uh, involvement of U.S. authorities in looking at those money flows going to these truckers. Are you concerned about it? She avoided answering the question. Of course, they're concerned about it. They don't want them doing that in Canada, and they certainly don't want anything like that to happen here in the U.S. But she said, in terms of an assessment of any other engagement from here, we don't really have any update on that or any investigation to read out at this point this morning. Well, I I was reminded when I saw her say that, Ted Cruz has a very different view on that, Senator Ted Cruz. He is calling for the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, to investigate GoFundMe over their theft, that's his word, of $10 million that was given 
to these this freedom convoy to support these truckers while they're doing what they're doing. As I said previously on this program, GoFundMe decided not to give it to the truckers, even though people from literally all over the world had given that $10 million in just a matter of days to support these guys, to buy fuel for their rigs and so on and whatever else. So they froze it and they wouldn't give it to the people. And then they said, we're going to give it to some charities of our choice. And that got a reaction. Who would that be? Planned Parenthood? Probably. But they gave it, they decided they had second thoughts. So they said, well, we're just going to return it to everybody in the world that gave money. We're going to send it back to them electronically, which I presume they will do because there are people like Ted Cruz watching them. Thankfully, Ted Cruz is, in my view, the real deal. And there are a few others in our Congress that are. Too many are not, but he certainly is. And there are others, not perfect, but he's on the right track, generally, in my opinion. But we live in this world. People have reached their proverbial tipping point, and they're pushing back, not because they're bad people. It's because they've had enough. You can only push. God created us in such a way that you can only push us so far. And then we begin to push back. And they can call us right-wing extremists. They can call us Christians, uh, biblical Christians, or whatever they want to call us. But we collectively, and it has nothing to do with the color of skin. It has nothing to do with how much money or lack of money we have. It doesn't even really matter on which continent we live. People are people. Because God created us in his image and likeness. And he created us with a sense of morality that is rooted in him, even if we don't know that. And people push back when they see injustice and they know it's wrong. They just know. They push back and they push back very, very hard. Like Daryl in Ottawa this morning. Like others. Like the people in New Zealand. This is something that is growing around the world. I take no joy in it. It's sad that that's where we are, but that is where we are. And we'll keep you updated on all of this as we the world moves ahead. But make no mistake, this isn't going to go away. Justin Trudeau, Joe Biden, um, the lady in New Zealand, they're not going to change the course of events. This is bigger than they are. And I think they know it. And so they're either running away, as Trudeau has done. He's gone to an undisclosed place because he's afraid of the truckers. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, man, I wish I could walk through there and shake their hands. But anyway, he's afraid. And so he's hiding. Um, the lady in New Zealand is too busy today to uh, meet with them. I, I, I'm not overstating. This is what they're saying publicly. No, no, my, my schedule's too busy today. I can't meet with the people who elected me. Um, it's not going to end well for some of these politicians. It just isn't. And I think they're getting that sense. The New York Times put out an article this morning that said, that begins with this, and I'm not going to get into it. I want to talk about something else. But it says, the New York Times says this morning, ahead of elections, that's their first words out of their mouth on this issue, 
ahead of elections, Democrats hope voters forget the COVID tyranny. <laughs> That's the New York Times. They're scared. They're afraid that their people are not going to get reelected and that even they can't get them reelected. I think that's probably correct, and that's where we are today. The New York Times says from Connecticut to California, officials are announcing the easing of mask orders. That is an issue, but it's only part of a larger issue. I don't think the Times gets it, but that's the best they can do, is to define all of this down to a mask or a shot. But it's really about freedom. It's about freedom. Let me talk to you a little bit about a school teacher, Monica Gill. She's a history teacher at Loudoun County High School in Virginia. I've talked a lot about Loudoun County recently because there's been a lot to talk about there. They're kind of the epicenter of this critical race theory. They've had, you know, board meetings where people were arrested and they dragged one father out of there because he was demanding they tell him what they were allowing his daughter to do. She was... Eventually, we found that she had been raped by a guy who was saying he was identifying, quote, unquote, as a girl and hanging out in the girl's bathroom and raped her. We talked about all that on this program as it was happening. But Monica is a committed biblical Christian. After 20 years of teaching in Loudoun County School District, she had reached her limit, much like the world is now, like we're seeing. She couldn't take it anymore. Then she says God spoke to her in a very unique way. I want to share a bit of her story with you. Public school teacher for 27 years, the last 20 has been in Loudoun County. She began teaching in that county. She took the job because she said it had such a strong reputation for quality education 20 years ago. In the past, Loudoun County prided itself in being a strong, responsible source of classical education. I wrote an article on this about Monica today. I would encourage you to read it all, but I'm going to cover a good part of it here. That's at faithandfreedom.us at our website. She's seen a dramatic departure, however, from that mission to the current path that's immersed in critical race theory and other social indoctrination. It's played out before the world. It set the course for the recent election of Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin. We talked a lot about that on the program here, rather than the expected Democrat. They thought the Democrat was a shoe-in. No problem. Who's this Yunkin guy? Nobody's heard of him. They have now. She's personally watched a strong education become watered down to nothing more than social indoctrination and political activism, she says. Increasingly, she says, she has seen her school become less and less focused on teaching, reading, writing, math, and more and more on indoctrinating students into radical ideologies. I'm quoting her. She's been forced to participate in equity, diversity and inclusion training, which requires teachers to bring critical race theory concepts into the classroom and teach students to view each other through a lens of race, categorize each other as oppressors or oppressed, and treat each other differently based on characteristics instead of character. But Monica's dilemma has now become America's dilemma and actually the West's dilemma. The people in China probably have a dilemma, but they can't express it. They'll get beaten up and dragged away, and we know that. But where freedom still has some place, such as in the Western civilization, a lot of people are where Monica was 
over all of these issues. Because of the prominence of the issue, the impact on the recent Virginia governor's race and its nationwide impact and the radical so-called progressive influence that's taken root in our schools, Fox News and their new Fox Nation channel, I think it's a pay channel. I'm not subscribed to it, but I think you pay so much a month for it. But it's kind of a parallel to Fox News that you don't pay for yet. But anyway, they produced a five-episode series that details how the left-wing academics and the activists have gained influence over education system and have slowly introduced radical concepts. So this is what brought Monica to the forefront nationally and internationally, probably. She's a client of the law firm of Alliance Defending Freedom, ADF. She's published a concise but a revealing paper they have, and she's been a part of that, that explains exactly what critical race theory is and how it's impacting our nation, and that's included in what I wrote today. But let me tell you about her story as we end our program today. Monica's experience is that of a teacher, not a child in the most formative years, and I want to be clear on that because I believe that parents should pull their children from public school, and I've come to that slowly and with great thought and prayer. If our children were of that age, I would do that today. I understand it's not, it's complicated. I understand that. It's difficult. But I would work toward that if I were today parenting small children or even high school. But Monica's experience as a teacher, and we're not, I'm not categorizing children in this, she's an adult. Her conversation with God several years ago, she was growing discouraged with public education. Even at that time, she was preparing her new classroom for the upcoming year. She was cleaning a bookshelf. She noticed a book tucked into the corner. She pulled the book off the shelf and dusted it off and looked at the words on the front of the book. It said, Holy Bible. True story. Inside the cover, the front cover, was the inscription, quote, gifted to Loudoun County High School from the senior class. Of 1955. At first, Monica admits she was cynical. She said, wow, you'd never find something like that these days. But then she said, the Lord got a hold of my heart immediately and said, I did not give you this gift so that you could judge this place. I gave you this gift so that you could know that I have not abandoned this place and I have put you here for such a time as this. Monica says, we're all called to take a stand. And she said, everything changed. She said, I decided to stay here and fight it, to stand against this in the name of the Lord. All of us are called to take a stand, she says, for our faith and our freedom. And our Lord and Savior is there walking alongside us every step of the way. When we become discouraged, we should look to the courage of Monica Gill and remember that when we stand for what is right, we're standing alongside our fellow believers and we're also guided by our good and our gracious God who loves us so much that he sent his son. Monica says she's not abandoned. She doesn't feel abandoned, but she's isolated and she's been targeted, but she's standing on the very values and the principles found in that book that's all but outlawed now in our public education, yet there it was on the shelf, a gift from the class of 1955. The very values that that book holds are the values upon which this nation was founded. The class of 1955 gave their school that gift, 
God gave it to Monica. And I hope I've given it to you today. Thanks for being with me today. Thank you for your support. We'll see you tomorrow.